escalated quickly. Uh, Eisman has decided to enter the chat of the uh, the trade deadline. Are we calling it or trade deadline week? Like Friday, I I, I took I took the day off. There's not gonna be anything left. I was pissed yesterday. I was actually <laughs> irate. <laughs> oh, but I mean, I the the deals keep flying off the shelves right now. Uh, lots of stuff happening. And Steve Eisman uh, really made a big splash just now. Um, but uh, welcome to another episode of the Production Line Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. And Andy. Yeah, our deal for Andy actually fell through this past week. So he, we t- we've taken him off uh, the scratch list. And he's no longer being listed. You're no longer listed under trade-related reasons. You're stuck with me for a while. Poor Unfortun- Unfortunately. Sad. sad day. It is a sad day. I mean, it is a sad day for some Red Wing fans, depending how you feel about Philip Aronik. I feel like we just got to get right into it, right? Like, I, I don't know how else to start. Yeah, I kind of got to hop into her. It's pretty fresh. Um, and this cut <laughs> is it kind of weird that it, this, I feel like this almost overshadows the Dylan Larkin extension. extension? I mean, yeah, I, it is weird. Yeah, it's odd. Not to diminish Dylan Larkin extension, which we'll definitely talk about, but we kind of, I think we already felt that was going to be, it was around what we thought and we'll break it down more, but this one's just kind of out of the blue. Uh, We definitely talked about Hronik last year is a trade candidate. Um, Right-handed defensemen are definitely hard to come by and Vancouver Canucks who have very much struggled to find right-handed defensemen just decided to get their guy. Um, Yeah. A little after five, uh, Vancouver traded a conditional first round pick, top 12 protected, and a second for Philip Ronick and a fourth. A uh, big thing about that is that's the New York Islanders first round pick, which currently is a, uh, it sits uh, just right around where the Red Wings pick is, actually, if you look at pure odds. So that could be a nice little value right there. Plain and simple, if we're judging off value, Red Wings got what they needed for like that's they hit hit a home run there for Philip Ronick. But I don't know what are your guys' thoughts like right away. You first see it, what comes to your mind? A giant hole on the right side of defense, where you have zero right-handed defense prospects that are of the essence of being close. Um, you have one right-handed defenseman that is competent now. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd argue only one right-handed defenseman that's NHL caliber. That's a better way to put it. <laughs> so, like, my first thought was, uh, oh, what's next? Because you just created a giant hole in the roster. I mean, I was... If you're going to move Heronic, you're not going to get any better value than that. That is a fantastic trade. But... Like I said, that creates a gigantic hole and on your right side of D. Um, so my f- first thought was there's got to be a secondary move coming or they got to just be selling. Yeah. Uh, Andy, what about you? <clears throat> my first thought was literally going to flip that pick and with all the – like I mean, everyone kind of went towards Chikrin. Obviously, you saw Twitter within 30 seconds of it, but – my mind instantly went to like chicken. Like I didn't think of any holes in our defensive end because the last two games that we've 
seen have been horrendous all around. So there's been kind of, I don't know, salty feelings about that <laughs> that you guys will probably get into later. But uh, I don't know. Just my mind went right to Chikrin, probably flipping it for that. And obviously that's yet to be seen. And I don't know if it's a stretch, but kind of out there. And my second thought was, oh, shit, we don't have any right-handed defensemen besides Mo. And depending on how he's playing, you know, there's a big, big hole there. Definitely, definitely. No, I I had a whole, like, intro planned for Chikrin. I jokingly said that Chikrin and Schmaltz to Detroit. Schmaltz gets to be reunited with Newsy. Make it happen. Green, Green Bay Gambler days. But um, I'm really glad because as I was doing the notes, the Chikrin deal went down. So literally about 30 minutes before we got hopped on here. But I think that's where everyone's mind went because, I don't know, there's definitely, I, I, Prashanth and I are always, like, He's able to put my like dark, like deep thoughts into words way better than I am on Twitter. And he, the red, he's basically saying how the Red Wings need to compete to one way or the other. Whether you use these picks and it's kind of like you're instigating like a kind of a sell, or you're building and you use these picks to try to improve the roster right now, or else you're going to get stuck in this murky middle, kind of similar to what the Caps did with the Orloff return. Like, I like that bet on Sandine. Not saying the Red Wings should go get, like, a Sandine type, but I don't know. You can get creative with the picks, for sure. But no, Grant's right. right. I mean, right now, on paper, you've you've gained future assets, but you've also created a hole in your roster for seemingly not really a, a reason right now, besides having I mean, great value. The The other thing with that, too, is the hole came from a guy who has been outstanding compared to his last like two years. Yeah. He's on like, it's a resurgence for Philip Ronick right now. I mean, granted his last probably two to six games have been a little bit of a decline, especially the last two, but he has been really, really good this year. And Arguably the Red Wings' most reliable defenseman at certain points during the season. Uh, definitely the first part of the season before Wallman was back. Um, yep. So, I mean, to me, it you just got to be doing something else. Like like I said, like they, they have zero right-handed defenseman prospects. I, I yeah, think you have, the you only have two- guy that plays the right side is Albert Johansson. He'll play the right side every once in a while. He's Wallander. also he's a left-handed defenseman. Um, Wallander does. Wallander Sweden. does too sometimes. But I mean, how easy is it to translate a guy in the NHL as playing on his offhand? It's usually not something you do right away. I mean, like, I mean, even like Orlov just got traded to Boston, and their plans are for him to play the right side. Um, and I know there was some pondering on that. Like, he can do it, but how well can he do it? Yeah. That's just a thing. All these sk- really skilled defensemen, the idea is that they can play both sides, but once you start getting pressured on your backhand in your own zone, it makes it really tough on you. So I, I don't know. It's a really interesting time right now 
So I, I guess we will see where that goes. I I kind of like it's funny. I think Steve has my phone tapped. So I was talking the I was talking on the phone with uh, our dad Grant during the game last night. Obviously, super negative. Whatever. I don't even know how much we'll we'll talk about the game because I feel it feels so minute at this point. Um, but no, I said the Red Wings needed to get creative, and I threw out Philip Ronick as a na- as a name to be traded. And of course, he does get traded. Um, but I kind of looked at it from the way the Red Wings have kind of been trending and signing guys and how I view the Red Wings depth chart. Currently, uh, I feel Horonic is the third defenseman or the third best defenseman. Uh, he was the third best defenseman on the roster right now behind Wallman and Cider. I'd agree. And right, right this, now, and right now, like as it's currently stands, like this gives Wallman a chance to be a power play guy. Yeah. Which I think I, I, I th- would have I, viewed Horonic as the top power play guy after, even after last <sighs> night's game. He's he's been the best all season. That, <laughs> the, I, that the, the fact that Eiserman got a first and a second after that blatant pass to the other was, team is amazing. That was horrendous. Was yes, and he was horrendous all night on the power play. But I mean, all season he's been the most reliable defenseman on the power play. I running, I agree. Running I power agree. play for sure. No, and and I'm. I'm joking a little bit. I'm being facetious, but um, no, I, I truly think like, I know handedness is sometimes kind of a big thing, but I really, I'm not as big of a handedness guy. Um, I'm also curious as well. Like if this is like the beginning of a teardown, is this when we see Edvinson or Johansson get called up? Yeah. So, I, don't, I mean, right I don't now know. the Reddings only have six D on the roster right now. So you'd think that would mean a call up. Yeah, or a trade. I mean, or a trade. I mean, you still leaving yourself open. The Red Wings do play tomorrow, though, so it's so that's kind of my point. Yeah, I guess I don't, I don't know. It's hard to run a defensive core with Gustav Lindstrom and Robert Hag as your fifth and sixth defenseman. Yep, where they should be twelfth and thirteenth defensemen on a good team. <laughs> yes, it's very true. Um, I don't know that I foresee like. Tim trading Hirona to call someone up. No, I I don't. I, I'm just saying if if it's kind of a sell thing, like if if the Red Wings have decided to sell, like this would be the perfect time to start seeing those guys and giving those guys a couple of rips. Maybe yeah. if you determine they're ready, you don't just yeah. want to throw them in. No, the fire. I, was, I know, I know. I, um, and I, what type of situation are you throwing them into? You're not gonna call up Simon Edmondson and play him with Gustav Lindstrom or Robert Hag. No, he's getting paired with Ollie Mata. He's going. He's going Ollie Mata right away. Yeah, same thing with. But I mean, that's another thing. Like Ollie Mata hasn't really played right hand, right side, has he? I think he has a little bit, but yeah, that's a good point. Um, so Albert Johansson would be like probably more likely than Edmondson right now. I would say if they were to call someone up, and then where are you putting him? Uh, my answer is the same. The same, yeah. Yeah. My you play him on the right side with Mata. Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's there's a lot of different ways they could go. But I think if you're gonna go the sell approach, you have to be like looking at everybody now. Everyone not named Dylan Larkin, Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider, and Jake Wallman. Well, I mean even Jake Wallman, if people 
I, I don't know. It depends like what you want. Cause if you're going to sell everything, like you're obviously looking at the Raymond cider age group. Yeah. And if you view other pieces, I don't, I'd throw Rass in that mix. Unfortunately, even though he's, I don't know how long he's hurt for. So that might take him out of it, but he would be valuable. No, I'm throwing Rass in the mix that I wouldn't trade right now. Oh, I thought you were talking about like in the mix of being traded. I'm like, yeah, I think like he's I... so valuable right now. Yes, I agree completely. And I, I think like if you're talking that age group, like the Raymond and Cider age group, if that's what your plan is, that's why you sold Heronic and now you're gonna decide, okay, Bertuzzi gonna try to sell high on Verana sell. Like you just signed Larkin, he's gonna be your like captain throughout all this. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be like you're gonna try to make this like a quick turnaround and then you obviously want your guys that you believe in to be there throughout and i think rasmussen would be one of those guys because i mean he's gonna be probably like by the time you're competing then i would say it's gonna be another three years yeah they're definitely and i don't think from all i've been like reading and like hearing in terms of like podcasts, like the uh, the insiders, it seems like there's not really much of an appetite for that in Detroit. I don't think so either. I so that makes me think there's going to be a big deal coming. I think so too. I think uh, yeah. And depending how they go about that big deal is kind of where I'm curious. Like if they make the Bertuzzi move, then they use all the then they use the assets with that and the Heronic deal to make a move. You double up. I don't know, but. At very least, like looking at it right now, like you can look at it as you have two more picks right now because the second round pick is Vancouver's. You have two more picks in the top forty of a very deep draft, which is valuable yeah. if you're looking at it from that way. And a team that's starved for top end talent, you get another couple swings. But the issue is those swings probably wouldn't be in effect for a couple more years. So you're yeah. again, you're kind of stuck in this perpetual middle currently. Right. Um, for another two to two to four years roughly no i think i think it's pretty like i think it's pretty set that the Red Wings will do something what that something is i'm not sure because i don't think you signed mata and wallman just to simply go out and sell right away yeah i don't think so either that that's why i think sense first to... it came across so confusing like what the hell like i just I mean? think i think it's more so to do with like how the depth chart's going to roll out for the defense I also like. I'm curious as well. Like, I I'm, I don't want to just keep throwing names out like of guys potentially, but Brandon Carlo in Boston was a scratch last night. I don't know, right-handed D, similar age to Veronic. I know they don't. They're not the same player. Just the thought. Yeah. Right. Again, I'm no. I I'm not gonna pretend to know a move or whatnot, and even it's the same division, so it makes it even less likely. But. Again, I th- I think there's a bunch of stuff that like we haven't considered, and I like we could speculate all day and we'll we'll be ro- we'll be wrong. Yeah, especially with Steve Eisenman, right? Yeah, I mean the Chickering one seemed so easy, and then of course Ottawa gets him for literally only a second a second more than what Detroit got for Philip Philip Ronick. That was insanity. Yeah, yeah you, Grant, your comment on Bill Armstrong was hilarious. That was from Big Heat Daddy. Yeah. So, like, keep holding out, man. It it, it didn't work. 
it was a tweet that was deleted from Beaky yeah. Petty. It said, "This is Billy Armstrong's big callback." LMAO, nice Bill, keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, no, I, I, especially looking at it, the heroic deal from that lens, super funny. That only a second round pick in twenty twenty six separates the value. In twenty twenty six, three years from now, that's hilarious. But uh, no, I. I really thought that could be a thing, but again, I guess not. Yeah, I'm yeah. super. I'm super excited for the deadline again. Like with with this in mind, or at least the next two days, yeah. barring another move happening while we're recording. Grant's on. Grant's got Twitter pulled up, so he's ready to go, just in case. Um, always definitely gonna have my phone active on the bench tonight. Always strapped. Always yeah, stay strapped. Um, but no, I'm I'm gonna miss Phil. I'm gonna miss Phil. I was really happy for him to rebound this year, but it does seem the Red Wings are banking on him. This kind of being a one-time thing. And also needs to be factored in as well. The Red Wings, the year Philip Ronick's contract expires, Cider and Raymond's contract expires. Yeah. Both, yeah. all three would be in line. That'd be a big <clears throat> cap jump because you're looking at Phil. I would say Philip Ronick probably be in the six range. Cider would probably Depending be Depending where Philip goes or, or where he's around, what he's doing yeah. at that time. Right, and then you also have Raymond and Sider all probably going to be in that range too. So you're probably adding close to twenty million to your cap sheet just yeah. with those three players all in the same summer. Right. So that's it's that's a lot to you honestly like general managers like a lot of times like when you have a lot of picks like Arizona does right now, the general managers love to like have entry level deals that end on different years or they move players that are ending the same year. So mm-hmm. it's another factor that does need to be taken into uh, account. I mean, it's, it's a simple one, but again, it's something. Um, but no, I, I do feel bad for Fugue because now I'm going to be rooting. As long as we have this pick for the Islanders, I'm going to be rooting for the Islanders' de- demise. Why? Actually, no, never mind. I can't root for them that too much because it's a top 12 protected. You'd, yeah. If if the Red Wings hang on to this pick, you'd want them to miss the playoffs barely. And yeah, then exactly. Never mind. Not to get any lottery. You'd want them to finish 13th. Yeah, ideally. That's the best we can do. Damn. Yeah, they're gonna be right around Detroit, so it's funny. Like they're gonna be, it's gonna be pretty close. Maybe the Red Wings take both their first round picks and trade up for Bedard. Yeah, definitely. They definitely accept that. <laughs> definitely accept that. Um, no, I'm. Yeah, Heronic, great year so far, and I think as much as like I do think Vancouver overpaid, I do think there's a fit there, and they have been looking for a younger ID, and he could be a pretty good option alongside Quint Hughes. I do see a fit there. So with Quinn Hughes, yeah, yeah, maybe we'll see. But uh, good, best of luck to Phil. Um, but yeah, we're. I'm curious for the future. Let's move on to, uh, I guess, the secondary news of the day. Uh, Dylan Larkin here to stay. Finally gets the big deal. Um, eight year, six point nine six, nice million dollars AAV. 8.7 thoughts uh, um, anyway, go ahead you're gonna say andy go first so now i don't yeah. want to go and i'm, I'm on strike i <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, just, just happy i got it done i guess Good, glad to hear it stayed he uh, didn't get the 15 million he was asking for so <laughs> he's asking for insider he's yeah. asking for 15 15 sheets yeah good stuff no, it's good it's good he's here to say it. it's uh what we kind of 
there's still some uncertainty, but what we predicted. And right around the cap space or the cap hit, sorry, that we were kind of ballparking anyways from a few weeks ago. So Good. I'm more, I'm more excited just to not hear about the stupid insiders being like, "Ooh, Dylan Larkin's going to be shopped." Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for it all to be done. Trick play, Stevie trades him tomorrow. That would be before the NTC kicks in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not bad. Um, Grant, what do you think? I like you know, quite a bit. Um, I think that he had so much leverage in this situation that I'm surprised he almost didn't get more. So Mm -hmm. like the Red Wings can't really afford to lose him at all. That'd been really bad. Yeah. (laughs) Because this goes back to my uh, creating a hole. They already have that would be the biggest hole. That'd be the biggest hole. Uh, That'd be the biggest hole. Yeah. We would Um, be seeing a first line Andrew Cop and that would be uh it'd be first line Marco Casper. Oh yeah, throw him to the wolves. <laughs> yeah. Good luck, kid. There you go, fella. Yeah. Yeah. Or we'd go crazy and maybe like first line center for fun, Elmer Soderbaum. Because why not? That would be fun. Play him see, at center. See if he can become Tage. Yeah. See we see what we got, kid. But no, I I like the deal personally. I think it's pretty even from both sides. Um and man, I think he could have done a lot. Like maybe even handcuff the Red Wings pretty badly because yeah, they couldn't wa- they couldn't afford to lose him. At one point, I was thinking more than Barzell. I was thinking like nine two five. Yeah, I didn't want to admit to that, but I was really hoping that wasn't the case. But it's a pretty pretty darn good deal. Yeah, no, I'm very happy with it. Uh, it did seem like Friedman was reporting that it, they he Larkin kind of got some pressure over the past couple of days with the deadline approaching. And it seems like that kind of put it over the edge. I know Larkin always wanted to be in Detroit. That was not really the worry. It was more so if the money was going to be a thing. But uh, this is kind of, it kind of felt like for months and months, this was like the ideal number that, that he would end up with. So it's kind of like weird how it took so long. I think Steve was up. probably sticking at eight, eight by eight. I think he was solid yeah. at that. Yeah. Did you see, I see that tweet. I can't remember who tweeted it, but it was like, um, the Wings returning home after their two-day skit against Ottawa. Steve approaches Dylan goes, you want nine, hey? How about that? Or something like that. And he goes, just get, send me the pen. Just give me the pen. I'll sign whatever you want. <laughs> that's funny. Along I, that's all I've been thinking about the last couple of minutes. He's that's like, just give me the funny. pen, Steve. Just give me the pen. Gotta do it. No, I, I'm, yeah, super... I really like the deal. I do. Um, Dylan Larkin has been the for the most part of this year, especially of late. He's been the Red Wings' most important player. Player, mm-hmm. easily. I mean, he's playing. He's playing top line. This is the, some of the best hockey he's played in his whole career. He's a top line center. We can argue for for forever whether he's like an elite top line center or not. But it doesn't matter. That would have been a huge hole, like you were saying, Grant, of not having that guy. And I again, I think the deal signifies that the Red Wings are looking to build because I don't think Dylan Larkin signs a long term deal like this to sign up for another three years of being in the basement. Yeah, and I don't think I th- so either. I think you'd have to be on like kind of be on the same page of like, all right, 
Philip Ronick might be getting chopped. Also, my good friend Tyler Bertuzzi, also likely not staying. So I, I, there's a lot that goes into it, and players I think know more than like the public thinks they know in terms of those kind of moves. I don't know. I feel like that. I feel like that may be the case. So, um, no, I think it's again, it's still showing that the Red Wings would be deadline. It still impacts our idea of what the deadline could look like for Detroit in terms of where Steve Eisman's looking to what what business he's looking to take care of. I like that you brought that up about like you you would almost have to assume that he would know, right? Because I in my mind, I don't think he would resign for eight years if he doesn't know or, or if he knows that those guys are getting dealt and like they're they're selling and it's gonna be another three years. I don't think he resigns. I, I think that there has to be some sort of understanding and there's got to be an idea and a like almost a plan in place mm-hmm. that he's comfortable with. Like, you're not just gonna rag out this guy's career. Nope, I'd be, it'd be it wouldn't be good for the team or him. Yeah, because again, Larkin's value right now is at its highest currently, and you want to make you want to make the best you can these next couple of years and try to, you know, make the most of those years that he has. So I, it definitely shows that like there's some, he, he knows what's going on. I think of what the idea is of a path back to the playoffs. So I'm excited for sure. And again, like I said, I'm happy that Dylan Larkin is here to stay and I don't have to keep hearing about contract negotiation stuff. That fake Elliot Friedman account. I'm so excited. I want to see that fucking thing again. Excuse my language. Let to throw the explicit sign on this one again. After Grant dropped it in the last episode. Oh boy. When and- when Andy's on, everyone has a clean clean mouth. He's a good good police guy, you know. Andy is. Right. You just I he was a police in that right now. That's because Andy Andy and I have an agreement. Not oh, you. Yeah. yeah. Not you. Um. Yeah. So I didn't think Dylan Larkin was gonna be the secondary story of this episode, but he is, and. I does see him in the core going forward. He's still part of it, so very excited about that. Another person added to the core. Um, I'm surprised. You know, I would have gave him eight years. Grant was Grant was like petitioning for twenty by eight last episode. Who, Jake, Jake Wallman? Yeah, yeah. Well, I more wanted. Obviously, you can't give a a twenty year deal, so I wanted an eight year by twenty million. Yeah, just so he gets his money. So an eight really? by twenty. Yeah, he he deserves it. <laughs> um, he's the best player in the league. Stonks, stonks. Yeah, so I mean, as the, as the number one Jake Wallman stand on the podcast, how do you how you feeling about the Jake Wallman deal? I love it. I think personally, I might have even gone a little bit more term. I was yeah, that's my one critique. I would have gone another two, one or two years. Yeah, I would have upped the money. I would have upped the money to four. If that, I would have done like that, five, that... five by like around like four high threes or four. I mean, if we're paying Ben Chirot four million, he deserves yeah, a lot. That, <laughs> yeah. I don't want. Don't tell. Don't tell him that, right that Andy. Andy, don't tell him that. <laughs> yeah, just saying. You know, no. Jake Wallman has proven this year that he is a top four defenseman, if not a top pair defenseman. 
and he absolutely and he earned he earned this contract for sure. I think this contract as well, like again, kind of going anyway, it made Villa product expendable. You look at your cap sheet now. You have a you have a defenseman. I think that could that could be Philip. Like the same. He's I think he's been better this year all around. Not the offensive impact of Philip Ronick, but all around, and he's got a lower cap hit. So I think that's how you kind of should, like so Red Wing fans can look at it a little bit. Um, again, not the same player, and also you take a player away, but I think it does it creates flexibility across the roster for sure. Um. Andy, what are you? What are your thoughts, kind of, on the deal? I mean, I enjoyed. It. I liked it. I was happy to see it. Um, like I said, I probably would have gotten another year or two for around four, four point two, maybe. That would have been. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I don't know, just he's proved, like you said, he's, he's proven himself that he can be a top pairing, or he has a top pairing D. And it's crazy to think he was basically a throw-in for a trade. Like, I don't know. It's awesome. good for the wings, obviously. Um, but yeah, I just like you said, kind of made I guess Steve's Steve's vision. I guess it made Heronic uh, expendable as well. So yeah, I, know, I was happened. excited to see it. I, I was excited to see it, and I was also happy to see it. Like, I mean, excited he, for him. Sorry, and happy. He's also it. probably been the Red Wings' best defenseman, like over the last good course of the season. Yeah, ever since yeah. he's been put up in put up in the top pair. Yeah, is that a good quarter of the season that we're? we're that would be. There? It's over. It's like twenty five games. Yeah. So yeah, it's over. It's quarter of the so season. Even, even more of a over. more of that for what we've played right now, though. Yeah, I also think it's a really like it's really great that you you keep the chemistry with Cider, mm-hmm. a young guy who's progressing. Like why why mess with something when it's working? Yeah. He keeps Cider having some stability. I think last year as well, like Cider, again, his game's been up and down a little bit this year, but I think he's been his best with Wallman. I think that's that's a fact. Mm-hmm. In terms of like defensive impacts, the, they have given up the the least um, expected goals per 60 um, among all defensive pairings that have played over 150 minutes. That's from Money Puck. I think it's at 1.68 or something like that in 60 minutes, which is insane. Um. But no, you gotta keep Cider in his happy place. A twenty, a twenty-one-year-old defenseman. Keep him in his happy place. Keep him going. Um, they have great chemistry. I mean, the transition game is great. That's like the biggest thing for me. A lot of mm-hmm. times, Cider last year would like he was able to do it a little bit, but he would start taking the puck out of the zone himself, and he'd sometimes run into trouble. He also overcompensate in the other zone and he occasionally get burnt. So I think Wallman is able to cover up some of that. And give Cider another guy to work with, almost as an equal, which is huge, for sure. Um, I was it, yeah. I think I think uh, the game, the first Ottawa game, I think maybe solidified this deal for Wallman. Yeah. Just eating the most pucks ever. I was really worried that he broke his wrist too in that game. I was like, great, that's that's it, that's wraps. Where well, where does it stop? Like <laughs> that game, he was getting. Bodied everywhere, getting eaten pucks. Yeah, he couldn't. Him. He couldn't oh. stop. He couldn't stop. There was like at sure. least three or four times he was elbows on the knees going to the bench. You know, like watching him every single time. Like, oh boy, like, please don't go down. Back, <laughs> comes back, comes right back. Oh, thank God. Crazy, crazy. No, I love Jake Wallman. We were again last season. We were petitioning for him to 
be higher in the lineup. I he was the first, the best left-handed defenseman on the roster, but of course, uh the veterans needed their cookies. So mm-hmm. they got they got in over him and he got an opportunity this year and he hasn't hasn't stopped. So I'm excited for a guy to get rewarded. He basically said the same. He was glad to get, have a team believe in him and get an opportunity and he felt he needed to reward the city. So I mean, I think that's yeah, those, great. Those comments that's what I meant to touch on earlier too. I like I really like those comments. Obviously, yeah. being a Wings fan, but like that is cool. Definitely, I think it's uh, I think it's important to reward guys like when they come to your like you you get a guy like again you know, same with Ali Mata is it is a player who comes in he gets rewarded in he gets trusted more and more in, in situations, and you extend them you keep them keep keep good players. I got one for you, Andy. So so how do you feel now about the number ninety six? Still don't care for it. I got I'm with couple, you. I got a couple trades for you guys. If you guys want oh, them. Oh, there's more trades. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of wrapped up on. I'm kind of wrapped up on Walman, so I think it's a good spot. Sweet Vladislav is gone. Wait, Vladislav who? Nemestikov. Where? Uh, San Jose. Oh, poor guy. I don't know for what. But oh, and then Vlad. Teddy Bluger to Vegas for a third. Interesting. I know Teddy Bluger was worth a third. I don't know why Pittsburgh's also trading. I'm like, he's better than Jeff Carter this year. So I don't know. Yeah, that's true. So also a good Latvian boy. So you got to, you got to like, he is a good Latvian boy. Got to like the Latvians. His real name's Theodore Bluger's just saying now, but anywho, it's been Americanized, but the Latvian erasure will not stand on this podcast. That's for sure. Pittsburgh's just clearing a bunch of room. Yeah, I'd love to like again, like maybe to like. I can't animated. wait till they trade for JT Miller. Yeah, I was gonna say. Oh my god, should we just get to the trade deadline now? Like it's a whole, like is the NHL scope? Because like that story is easily the craziest to me. That JT Miller's probably going to Pittsburgh. That is, that's a fireable offense. Oh my god, yeah. that's a fireable. Like <laughs> when I saw that. When I, saw I that love yesterday. like I love like Jay Brush right now. <laughs> He's so miserable. I love it. He just, uh, Elliot Freeman just said, tweeted Pittsburgh clearing room, and he just tweeted or quote tweeted it and said, terrific. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's what they're doing, dude. It's it's 100%. They're getting something bad. They're never, they're never going to get something good. I saw Brock Besser, too, as, an op, uh, as a possibility. Yeah. Which would be a little bit better, but still, I don't know if he's the guy that they need. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think they need either of those guys. I think they need to they should have sold or they should have been done this offseason and just got rid of everything. Yeah, probably. The the issue is though the veterans they kept, like they're not the issue. Brian Rust, Chris Letang, like I don't think they're not Gina Malkin, not the issues. Yeah, exactly. It's the other guys, like they gave Jeff Carter two years randomly for Casper Capitan for no reason, two years. I mean yeah, luckily, he ends like, up uh St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah, that's right. It's Which I mean, yeah. they got to clear that money, but again, like that's a bad deal. Yeah, Brock McGinn yeah. was on waivers and got waived unnecessarily long. So again, you you've done a lot. You've you've put yourself in an interesting situation where you're not maximizing Crosby and Malkin, and it's it is a positive thing for them though that they're not the issue. Usually, when this yeah. happens and you try to bank on like an older core, they like the older core like just begins to shut down. 
Right. But no, Crosby's still playing great. Malkin's still producing. Latang's still producing. But it's just everything around that's just been pretty meh this year in Pittsburgh. It's literally, the, their bottom six forwards up front and pretty much their D. Besides also, not to mention Jari's always hurt. Yeah, that doesn't. He's a, he's a he's a good goalie when he's when he's when healthy. He's healthy, but, yeah, he's he's a pretty darn good goalie. He's a good goalie when yeah. he's healthy, but he he's just never healthy, so it's just tough to judge that. Like last year, he was insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a nine twenty goalie, which is in I, I keep I'm banging this drum. Nine oh five is the new nine ten. So do your math. Do your math for what nine twenty means. Pretty damn good. Yeah. So I yeah I'm super curious again. The East is such a I love that the top like the top six teams have really just like decided to load up. Yeah. The wild card teams are just like we're here to get in and then we're just gonna we're just gonna take the ticket revenue and get out. I'll see you later. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> take, the, buddy we'll, take, we'll take we'll take the two home games. Thanks very much. Yeah. My one buddy is just a degenerate gambler. And <clears throat> like after the it was yesterday, he sent me the text, but I saw it this morning. He goes, um, I'm looking for a prop where I can just bet a Western Conference team win a cup because whoever's coming out of the East is gonna be battered. I was Honestly, like, yeah, though. that's a I was like, yeah. I was like, he's like, I'm putting my life savings on it. I was like, well, the issue yeah, is though, like, no, no Western team has separated themselves. No, like Colorado's big splash getting Lars Eller. Colorado, no, he just meant like a, I mean, just, just meant like a Western Conference. Their big splash is going to get Atlanta's Gog back. That's true. Yeah, that's true. They, I, I, they've I been it. red hot. I think you need to understand how red hot they've been. I, I still like, don't like. I don't love their depth though. I, I mean. Lars Eller is a really big addition. Um, he has like a, like a fourth line piece, I feel like, but he's a depth addition. I mean, um, Bednar said that he's going to play probably third line center. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Um, I, I just don't. I'm not buying the JT Comfort second line center guy. I know he's been pretty. He's been really too. good. Been pretty no, I, am I, am uh, I think they're doing just fine with him as second line. I'm just saying from a cup perspective, I'm not like they're definitely they definitely roll whatever team they play in the first round. They're rolling you know, whatever no, team they're playing right now, no matter who it is. I know the Red Wings still have to play them again this year, so I'm not really looking forward to that. Yeah, I'll that's be there. for sure. And you're like, gonna be there. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's the game you're going to. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be exciting. Yeah, Grant I don't know. Grant Dennis, Dennis Morgan. Dennis Morgan, gross. <laughs> hey, no, the best one is. Uh... Re- reacquiring Jack Johnson. I don't know what you're laughing about. That's a it. stud defenseman That's, right there. Yeah, yeah. I remember like it was the first for... one of the first game of the, games of the year last year when he danced Chicago and scored that sick breakaway goal. That was nasty. Yeah. No, it's gross. I don't know. I like I like him getting clowned on and then him just succeeding. So that's fun for me. Yeah. Because again, who cares? He's better than better than I'll ever be in hockey. Who? Oh, I can't remember who what tweet I saw yesterday. It kind of irked me. They were making fun of uh, Dubis for reacquiring Luke Shen, and it has a clip of Larkin in there. Oh yeah, toasting him. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, but this guy has two rings, so like. Also, like, there's not many. He Larkin also toasted on that play at Elias Pettersson, so like, that's not talked about either. Exactly, he toasted literally everyone else on the ice. Yeah, so I mean, that's not really the best clip to really judge. And Luke, Luke and Shen. to be fair, Luke Shen shouldn't be out there against a number one. No, line. he was paired with Quinn Hughes all year, which is just not a situation that he should be in. Exactly. If he isn't right, he's gonna be solid enough for you. 
especially yeah. for what what Toronto needs is that type of player. Just they they literally went straight brute force. Yeah, I mean, Toronto decided they just hated half their roster, and it's like let's just let's just flip it. Yeah, that was. I was watching. Wild. I was watching Overdrive today, and uh, Hazy was just talking about he goes. It's like they had two different teams. It's like they had the regular season team that got them to this point where they're at right now, where they're basically locked up a ca- uh, their their playoff spot, just fighting for home ice now. And then now, come trade deadline, they have their playoff team that they just moved in for like playoff style hockey. I was like, oh, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> And they also have not much nine defensemen right now. That's not including Victor Mete and also Jordy Ben. It could also be factored in. I know they'd be like eight number eights, but still, she could be on an NHL roster. So I'm curious. Like something's got to shake up there too of who's going to get moved there. I'm curious to see what happens with Maple Leafs. But no, I've really liked their. I've liked their moves. Jake McCabe was a, was a nice move for them. Yeah, his number two lasted a whole. Yeah, I hope. So. I really hope someone got a Jake McCabe number two jersey. Yeah, and then just for him to switch it the next day—that's hilarious. I hope it happened. Yeah. I doubt it. I doubt it too. But who's getting a Jake happened. McCabe jersey? I don't know, man. Toronto's weird. Toronto's weird. I feel like someone would. I feel like it was someone oh, would. Yeah. The, someone who still Somebody. owns a Luke. Someone who still owns a Luke Shen jersey. Those pumped. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> this thing has value. <laughs> it's back. Back in rotation. Um, no, I, I, I did like Toronto's again, Toronto's got to compete with, uh, Tampa. So I did like their moves and I think it really matches well against Tampa. Yeah. So I'm super excited on how everything else shakes out still, even though I, what, what about that hall for the Nashville guy for Janot or Janot or whatever they say his name. Janot. I think I said that I said this, I, I said this to, I think I said this to dad last night, Grant, but I basically said, uh, if that's the, like, if, cause right now I'm going to make this about the Red Wings, but it's, if we're looking at that as a Tyler Bertuzzi return, I will drive Tyler Bertuzzi to the, to the airport myself. If what? If the Tanner Janot trade is like what we're looking at as a Tyler, Tyler Bertuzzi return, I will drive Bertuzzi to the airport myself. I wouldn't because after that Janot trade, I was like, I want more for Bertuzzi. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I would too, but like, still, like, that's a crazy amount. Like, if you would have told me that like a couple weeks ago, I'd been like, uh, yeah, yeah, so that's a that's a crazy, like, that's insane. But I mean, I did love Breezebois' explanation of being like, these picks don't matter to me because they're not going to help us anytime soon, which is a hundred percent the attitude you need to have. And Ken Holland's just turning over in his grave hearing this because he's just like, no, 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 I, I can't get, I can't give up a third round pick. For someone to help McDavid. Yeah. That's just not going to work. I'll give you a seventh round. Nothing better. <laughs> How about a fourth for Mike Green? Does that sound good, Connor? Yeah. I, I got some news that I think is going to shock the world. Oh, God. Oh, God. Tyler Myers to Pittsburgh. No. No. I'm just kidding. I'm going to say you're trolling. Right but, but this is this is a thread right here. What if the guy from Vancouver, the Penguins, are clearing cap space for is Tyler Myers? <laughs> I mean, the most Pittsburgh Penguins movie. What if ever. Vancouver acquired Hironic in part because they are about to trade Tyler Myers to the Pittsburgh Penguins hockey club? Have <laughs> we considered that Ron Hextall may acquire a defensive Tyler Myers to the Vancouver Canucks? That's also from Jay Fresh. <laughs> He's just speaking it into existence. 
Oh, that's funny. No, um, it would be really funny if Pittsburgh acquired Tyler Myers. <laughs> I need it for the memes. I need something good, something juicy for Friday. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like other big. Oh, Patty Kane, that finally happened. Yeah, yeah, shocker. It happened like a week ago, but it happened yeah. yesterday. <laughs> it happened officially, officially on paper yesterday. So yeah, I did like the video Panarin had for Patty Kane. That's funny. Um. I'm really excited for the New Jersey Devils, Patrick Kane, or New Jersey Devils versus New York Rangers first round mm-hmm. series. I I still I don't know. I I might be am I in the wrong here to still say I prefer New Jersey? Yeah. Really? Prefer New Jersey? But or I mean, I'm like going I th- I I'm taking New Jersey for sure just cuz I hate the Rangers, but um I don't know. I I personally I like New Jersey's defense way better. And I, I yeah. kind of like I like what they're cooking up front too. Timo Meyer is a sick pickup. He is a sick. It just pickup. really depends on what Panarin and Kane like. are playing on the same line again, though. Yeah, I get it, and I, I get that there's a lot of firepower there. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I'm really excited for that series. I think it'll be a really good one. And I think that third line was so dominant last year in the playoffs, and that stays together. Yeah, and then your True. top two lines are ten times better than they were. What is it? Trocheck, yeah. Kane, and Panarin, and then it's Zabanajed, Kreider, and Tarasenko. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Like, okay, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm super. And again, the team of Myrdi, I also felt that was like underwhelming. Good for yeah, New was Jer- underwhelming. good for New Jersey, not giving up anything really. Like, I thought Holtz was gone for sure, and even if Holtz was included in, uh, instead of like, let's say. Zetterland or something. I would still live in like home run. Good for them. The Holtz is like already kind of a guy who's on the outside of the lineup anyway, along with Zetterland. So I think Yeah, it's... I know there's been issues there. I think Holtz is probably not happy. No. Um I was also surprised that that was it for that. I don't think that's as shocking as the Chekrin deal though. Like obviously, like I'd prefer the bigger asset is Meyer, in my opinion, but the checker and deal is very underwhelming, especially that it's been boiling for the past year and a half. Yep. We've been talking about this since early, before last deadline. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely he a was way coming to the wings then. That's a bad piece of work from yeah. Armstrong. Like, how do you not get like a like a, at least a good prospect from that? He said, wasn't it three three pieces that would like equal like three first rounders is what he wanted or something like that? Yeah. Or two of them and then like a prospect or something like that? Yeah. Nowhere close. You get nothing. Yeah. I mean, the pick's going to be good because I don't think Ottawa's going to be picking in the top five. But the, isn't one of the conditions that the, one of the second round picks becomes a first if Ottawa makes it to the conference finals this year? I didn't. I didn't see that. I didn't see the. I didn't know there was a condition on one of the seconds. I thought. Well, the first round pick has a condition that it's, it's top, top five, five protected. Yeah, yeah. Which and is then, gonna be a high pick. I feel like. Um, unless then, Ottawa keeps going on a run. The next year's, I think the twenty twenty four, second round pick, or it might be a twenty twenty three second round pick. Anyways, that pick turns into a twenty twenty four first round pick if Ottawa makes it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Which yeah. won't, which more than likely won't happen, but you it never know. Like teams, a... teams go on runs. Yeah, it just, just kind of the, seems like a meaningless condition right now, though. But I mean, you never know. Hamburglar part two. Mad Mad Sogard is Hamburglar confirmed. Ottawa's red hot right now. I mean, like, 
they could catch fire. I could see it's gonna sound crazy. Like they're probably gonna play the Bruins in the first round. I feel like that's an upset waiting to happen. Right. Bruins have had this historic year. They're probably gonna lose in the first round now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. They're gonna pull the Tampa Bay Lightning in twenty nineteen. Yeah. So no, I, I'm yeah. Man, there's so many fun storylines right now. This it's is almost, when's the last time a deadline has been this wild? I can't think of one. This has easily been the craziest. Like you've had Chekrin, Meyer moved, Patrick, Patrick Kane, Kane, Tarasenko, Tarasenko, Heronic. Heronic would be probably the next one. Like there's some huge players that are being moved. Yeah. Big stuff. Yeah, and then you still have Possibly like a Besser, uh, Bertuzzi possibly, which we'll I think we can get into next a little bit. We can kind of shift it back to the Red Wings. JT, talks. JT Miller, JT Miller, um, yeah. There's so many, and I think there's got to be a couple dark horses too. There's always one or two moves like that that are kind of out of the blue, and that's where Steve Eisman makes his living. Is names you don't think of? Um, jo- Jonathan Quick. <laughs> yeah, uh, it sounds like Vegas. Sounds like Vegas. Yeah. That one, well, that know. that whole trade was kind of messed up. By the way, like I, I like that deal for Columbus a lot. Yeah, but now after you see that, do you think like they're just like shit? Like after they saw the Chekrin deal, I don't. I, I think part of the deal was that the Chekrin really didn't want to go to Columbus. That's what I was reading. That he wanted. I'm talking about L. A. Oh yeah. That are they me... are they like oh my gosh we could have just made that so much easier on ourselves? I wonder if they wanted Vimelka really bad. Maybe. I also I also read something that they really wanted to dump Cal Peterson's contract, and that was a holdup. They're still for... probably going to move Walker or Roy now, aren't they? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's Wanna a little do... bit interesting. Yeah, I'm not saying. Another... I'm not saying that like those are gonna fill Heronic's role, but like I mean, no, I know be... Max Boltman literally just wrote about Matt Roy as oh. a potential. Roy would be an interesting piece. Um, because I mean they have like that's the difference between them and the Red Wings right now. They have like Jordan Spence waiting in the wings, and um, like he's like gonna be sick. They also have yeah. Durs. has been playing his offhand. I think Grant all year. Clark. They also have Brant Clark. Like they have so much on the right side. Hell J Grons. Helga, yeah, Helga Grons. Yeah, he's great. He's like sick. Him. That's I like, like him. And I think has Zendersi been playing his offhand like all year? Yeah. Dude. And like, doing like pretty well. Like, you gotta think something's they're probably gonna move one of Walker. It's, I don't know. That's just I would be interested in Roy. I don't know how much. He has he has one year left after this year at three point one I think. Okay. So definitely a very easy contract to take on for a team like Detroit. It would be an easy contract to take on, and then also you'd still have the flexibility because that's not going to be a blockbuster deal to make another. No, it's, like, it's like a third or fourth. Yes, yeah, so you can make a block. You could make another like move with your picks or just stay. I don't know. That would make sense to me a little bit to do that. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a hole that needs to. You need an NHL defender for sure. Because even even the case being, Jordan Osterley's hurt right now too. 
Exactly, which is even worse. Yep. Because I don't yep. know if I can watch a hockey game where Gustav Lindstrom and Robert Hag are the fifth and sixth defensemen. Yeah, I might not watch an, another Red Wings game. <laughs> well, I mean, at this at this rate, we will have to uh, tomorrow. I'm boycotting the Red Wings. <laughs> Unless there's like a surprise call up in the morning or something like that. I don't know. Which, I mean, it could be the case because considering, again, like I said, you only have 60 and Grand Rapids is a short trip. I did want to kind of get back to the Red Wings def- uh, deadline perspective. Hold and- on. What? Mikey Isimont for Nemestikov. Great. Cool. With 50%. What? I'm confused. That seems like a really dumb trade for Tampa. It leaves... 50... Or no. I'm so confused. It's... What's Apparently the deal? It's Isimont for Nemestikov, but... I thought it said 50% retained on the mascot, which would make no sense. That would be very bad because Tampa Bay needs all the money. I get it from Tampa's perspective, considering that Nemeskov is kind of the odd man out now with Janot coming in. Isimont's like, been nuts for San Jose, though. Like, actually, he's been playing, like, first so, line. So, I mean, he's probably going to be, like, a depth guy in Tampa, so it's fine. He's got a 63 goals for a percentage. Good for, him. Good for cool. him. What? Good for him. Hey, he gets to end up on a cup contending team. It's a fun little fun little twist for sure. But no, I kinda again want to get back to Red Wings talk. We are Red Wings podcast, but it was fun to talk deadline for a while. We'll still be talking deadline though. Red Wings perspective. Um still feels like a lot needs to drop. The signings of Wallman, Mata. Larkin definitely make it seem like the Red Wings are going to be more so a like they're looking to contend like like again still be competitive this year but like look to push for the playoffs next year I, I think that's what the plan would be so I think that would kind of impact deadline moves but the two obvious ones right now that still stand out that feel like business needs to be done is Jacob Verana and Todd Bertuzzi um, I think starting with Verana that's the easiest one uh, Friedman was reporting all last week that it was a showcase. That's why he was up for Verona. Um, I want to be fair to the guy too. who hasn't played in a long time in the NHL, but he hasn't really looked all that there. Besides the first Washington game, like last night, I don't know. I don't know your opinion. Again, nobody really looked good last night. So maybe it's not the most fair to compare Verona's game. Uh, yeah, no one looked good last night. Um, I'm trying to think of one player that looked good last night and i can't think of one nope um it's hard to judge off a game like that but i it did seem like the idea was to get him games to kind of showcase even though i think bergman was just actually the odd man out last night against ottawa rather yeah than no i, I think that's, showcase i think it was 100 what the, the, case, um, the case was but man I, I don't i don't know what you're even looking at for a return like I know you had kind of surfaced the idea of like a Sam Reinhart Verona swap because Florida's in cap hell and Verona's uh like one million less. What he's one million less for one point two five less one, than one point two five than Reinhardt. Yeah. 
um, which I'm sure Detroit would have to attach something for that. Like a, or they retain on Verona's deal too. Or they retain on Verona's deal. But Sam Reinhart would be an awesome get. Um, that would be something really intriguing. Would be a Sam Reinhart um, for Jacob Verona swap. That would be tough. But um, like you said, retain. And that saves Florida money. And then I know Reinhardt's been listed as the guy that's probably on his way out because of cap. So that's kind of like my thought. They get to keep a guy who has a chance of being a top six player still. Would probably thrive in a system like Florida. Yeah. And Detroit gets a guy who can still contribute and is is literally the same age. They're drafted the same year. Yeah. So that's kind of my thought process behind it. Um, Again, not a perfect idea, but still it keeps Detroit in a competitive window that they seem to want to be in right now. Um. No, I'm really like again looking at the playoff picture right now. The Red Wings math, I mean, extremely it got knocked down pretty bad after the two Ottawa games, which again, I mean, we can talk quickly on as terms of like how it impacts the deadline because two games you drop that are as a team that was was right behind you now is ahead of you, tied in points, but they have better goal differential and they have the the uh, the games the games you played against them they are winning the season series, so now they have the advantage in the standings. So puts you in a right now you are tied for the 10th spot out in the Eastern Conference. And you got Buffalo who's down to Alex Tuck, but they're also been playing pretty well of late. And Darlene. And Darlene was out for a game. Is he still out? He's still out. He's going to miss yeah. next game, I think. Yeah. Pittsburgh, who's been better now. Islanders, who have also been still without Barzell winning games, mostly because of Elias Sorokin. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. But it definitely, I, I think this shakes the room in the right way for the Red Wings of a big trade like that. You also get the Dylan Larkin extension, which is a bump in morale, you'd think. And then you also, a shocking guy who was part of the core, shakes it up. So however you want to look at it, this is a good, it was a good move for, I think, for Heronic in that sense. But definitely a, the, the playoffs are like, it was a fun week. To talk about it, but right now it's like it's not really it doesn't really seem much of a reality. You'd have I, to go. I on still think the there run. is there is a reality. I think I'm not saying it's likely. I I don't think it's very likely at all. But this team just came off a heater on the West Coast trip or the Northwest Coast trip. Um, and you have a bunch of winnable games here coming up. The month of March is pretty favorable. There's four. You're starting off the month of March with four winnable games against Seattle, the Islanders, which is which would be a must win. The Islanders mm-hmm. game would be Philadelphia and Chicago. Yeah. And then you go into Boston for a back-to-back. But that's pretty favorable for you for four games where on Thursday you, you have the Kraken – then Buffalo is in Boston without Dolly and Tuck, who's on a seven-game win streak or eight. Whatever. Something like that. They go on crazy uh, streaks. And then Ottawa is in New York for Patrick Kane's debut. Good Oof. luck with that. Oof. <laughs> that place is going to be buzzing. Um, and then Pittsburgh's in Tampa Bay after they just shit-stomped Tampa. 
Good luck Tampa's with that. Been, Tampa's been weird. They also got dummied by Florida last night, too. Yeah, they did with missing Barkov and Bennett. And then not to mention the Red Wing game that they got dummied in, too. They did, yeah. And Vasilevsky decided to show up because they got dummied the night they were they got dummied the night prior. So they've yeah. been they haven't been great of late. They've definitely been slipping, so they, I can see why they want to keep making changes for sure. All I'm saying is like these next four games are really big and it's not like Buffalo or Ottawa has the easiest schedules ahead of them. Yeah, same, same with Pitts, same with Pittsburgh and the Islanders. Um, so I, I, it's gonna be really interesting till the end. Yeah. So again, I, I don't know. It, it it's so weird to like kind of try to figure out where Eisman's mind is in terms of like, I know Bertuzzi's name was out of the market. He was off the market, but um, Dreger reported that uh, it's a first plus is the ask, and with teams interested and also the mo- the market being as hot as it is. It's hard not to see a reality where like he stays, and also the rumors about him not having contract talks in months. It seems like that's kind of where it's heading. And you got to get value for a UFA. It's unfortunate, but you can't. You have to do it, even with a player like Bertuzzi. If you're if you're in a situation, let's say like the Toronto Maple Leafs or something, where you're that high in the standings, you absolutely keep him. Yeah. But Detroit honestly doesn't have the luxury at this point. You gotta you gotta have players that are gonna be around. You can't keep you can't have the own rental mentality in this state at this state, unfortunately. So if they were to hold on to him, I would think that that would indicate that there's a deal to be had. Yeah, and maybe now that's going to be something that's going to be heavily pursued now that Larkin's done. Maybe that was the main focus. Um, but who knows? Yeah. Um. Again, like we talked about, like the West needing to make a splash too. Like Tyler Bertuzzi definitely would be a fit in the West. And he's arguably right now like the biggest name that would possibly be on the market. Yeah, he is. Which would uh I kept thinking Colorado was gonna try to take a stab at him. <laughs> Imagine. That I mean, they're probably in my opinion, they're the best team still in the West. Yeah. You've had Dallas who's been pretty bad of late. You know, Minnesota's actually been pretty good of late. Yeah, they can't score, but that's it's a, that's a, a, I mean, so you bring Bertuzzi in, right? Yeah, it's like Kaprizov has like two points a night. It seems like two, every time they went two, they went two one. Yeah, where he has a hat trick and they went three two. <laughs> that literally <laughs> just happened, actually. Yeah, what's up with Philip Gustafson all of a sudden being a really great dude? Goalie? He's been nuts. Good for like um, again Ottawa. Like, what are you doing? Trade there, Cam Talbot for. I mean, yeah. luckily, Mad Sh- Mad Shogard's been really good for them. I don't know that Minnesota knew that was going to pan out like that either. I don't think so either, but I think it's more so funny. It it's is funny. To, it happened to work. You can like Bill Guerin can kind of play the cards like yeah, I knew it. What are Caprizo's numbers this year? Good, seventy-one um, points. Yeah, in sixty-one bad. games, thirty-seven goals, <laughs> decent. Keep the change. Um. No, that's a, again. That's a team that's been heavily reported. We we talked about last week that Sean Horkoff was at the at one of the games was the Preds Wild game, so maybe he was scouting Preds too. Oh, another name I just thought of that could be right hand D in place of the Preds, Dante Fabro. Oh yeah, that's an interesting one. That is a really interesting one because I know he's been out there too. Yep, young still, same age as Veronic. Not the offensive talent, but the definitely... only thing like I say about that is like. Seems like 
Holy's been getting hauls for all his players. I mean, there's a haul on Ekholm too. Yeah, it was a good How, deal. Ekholm was almost more than Chekrin. I think he might have been. Reed Schaefer's a pretty good prospect. Reed Schaefer's a really good prospect. Well, he's a middle six guy, like projected anyway. And you get yeah. a first. He's a good goal scorer in the dub. No, I think I like um, that deal. I think I like that deal better than the Chikrin one. I didn't even think of that. Granted, granted, the first round pick again. First round picks aren't built all the same. So, if the Ottawa Senators do miss the playoffs, like that's a pretty valuable first round pick. Let's not get it twisted. Yeah. But again, you just compare it to the Heronic deal, and it's so funny. Yeah, the twenty twenty four conditional second round pick too, is if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, which they have a pretty good chance of. I'm not gonna lie, if they don't run to Colorado early, like, and they won't. Because it'd be, I'm talking about um, Ottawa. Oh, okay. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What was it? Reed Schaefer first, and a fourth, and Tyson something Berry. Like, something like that. That is quite a bit. But they had to take Tyson Berry's contract, is what it was, right? Yeah. Another interesting guy for like the Red Wings. I'm not gonna lie. I know it sounds weird. I thought about Tyson Berry as well. That is kind of an interesting. Because again, one. he's just a power play mercenary. What if yeah. the Red Wings? What if the Red Wings went nuts and got Eric Carlson? As everyone on NHL Network decided that that's going to be the storyline. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would not be smart. And I know uh, Frank Saravalli was reporting on, or not reporting. He was theorizing that it'd be Colton Pareko. Um, I, I guess like in terms of like trade partners, St. Louis and Detroit make a ton of sense because they're best best of buds. Doug and Doug and Steve. Yeah, I think I would lose it if they traded for Colton Pareko. I would hate that. Every single fiber of my being would hate that. I think That's I'd become awful. a Blues fan because they no longer have Colton Pareko. <laughs> True. True. No, I'd be a such a weird deal. That would be. No, I'm more interested in their uh, Robert Thomas types if, if we're dealing yeah. with St. Louis. Yeah, if we're taking on Colton Pareko's contract, I'll take a, a sweet Robert Thomas along yeah, as, with as a, as a sweetener. Yeah. I wouldn't or, say no. Or a Jordan Cairo, yeah. Wouldn't say no. Wouldn't say no. Would not say no. Um, I'm trying to think like other like big storylines that kind of like relate to the Red Wings. Unfortunately, losing Rass is big. We didn't really talk about that either. That sucks. After he had such a great game against New York, I mean, that whole second line, that, that formed second line of Perron, Cop, and uh, Rass were the, easily the best line in that game. Yeah. And then Rass, of course, shot block. Again, I'm I'm telling – Red Wings are not allowed to block shots anymore this year. That's I'll, I'll, I'll take the point shot going in. It's fine. But off the kneecap, too. That didn't look good. It's, a, was... it's, a, weird, it's a weird spot. Yeah, and he's like the one of the last players you want to lose right now because of how how great he's been of late. He was missed he was missed big time in that Ottawa series. Yeah, he was. Missed big time, so no, I'm I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think of like other things like to kind of add. I'm just super excited for the deadline. I don't really know if I have much else to add. I'm more so like we can speculate all day of like what the Red Wings could do with the first round, like the first round pick, the second round pick right now. I pure value right now. The Red Wings have three picks that are going to be in the top 40 of the 2023 draft, which is great, but I don't think that's ultimately what they'll do. 
So stay tuned. I think that could be shaping up there. If it's something big enough, I'll I'll hop on and record a quick one. Yeah, something big enough. I don't. I don't I'm I'm good. I'm I'm around Friday. So that could be a little teaser if something if Eisman decides to get a little crazy. Um, but no, I think that might do it for this one. But uh, make sure everyone uh sign up for ESPN Plus using insidethrink.com/espn. Um, again, great subscription. Check out all your if you if you live out of market like us, you're able to watch the Red Wings when you know you can watch them wherever. So that's a always a good deal there. And yeah, uh, thank you for checking out the pod. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at TPL Pod and uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you for listening. <laughs>